You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Extension talks have begun between Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. So when can we expect a deal to be done? When might it happen? And we have to talk about Colts minicamp that wrapped up this week as well. All that is on the docket for tonight. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com part of the fans first sports network my name is andrew moore i'm joined here by my co-host and fellow writer at horseshoe huddle drake wally drake the colts have broke for minicamp officially so the next time the colts will be on the field together as a team in july for training camp a little over a month from now so we're definitely in that lull period of the nfl season but we still have plenty to talk about uh from colts camp so how are you doing brother i'm doing really well i'm uh pretty excited to see well i mean like you said the next couple of weeks of uh, next month or so it's going to be pretty quiet in the colts realm of things or at least that's that's what you hope because usually you know you don't want like unforeseen things kind of popping up but i'm pretty excited to you know talk about what happened and kind of talk about what jonathan taylor was saying and kind of dive into the context of his words yeah it, it and i think when when you hear because obviously the media spoke to jonathan taylor uh on on wednesday uh the day that they broke camp and and he's he's definitely sending a message to the team uh you can tell with with what he was saying he was being very calculated uh so it's gonna be a fun show tonight stats matt good to see you buddy thanks for finally joining us after skipping monday night's episode uh it's it's just pretty unacceptable by you but i guess we'll get through it inside the shoe is here uh good to see you as well it's gonna be a fun episode tonight so everybody if you haven't done so already like i say every episode please follow us on all the things go ahead and like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on twitter subscribe to that youtube channel and hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i are going live because even though the colts are off for the summer drake and i certainly aren't and we're going to be bringing you content every monday and thursday night here on the horseshoe huddle youtube channel uh it's going to be a fun summer as we lead up to a crucial training camp for the 2023 indianapolis colts and if you can't catch us live we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get us right there wherever you are. So, so Drake, the, the first thing we're going to talk about in this episode is 
Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor speaking to the media uh, yesterday at West 56th Street uh, revealed that that his side of things, his agent and the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Bauer, the front office, have begun to discuss uh, a contract extension for the all pro running back and and there was he he spoke for i think he only spoke for about five or six minutes but the majority of those conversations were about his his contract extension and and not only that but but also just kind of the this the situation with running backs around the nfl how you're seeing where teams aren't really willing to pay top dollar for for running backs and and their value is just continuing to decrease i mean we see the new york giants and and their uh their situation with saquon barkley dalvin cook was just released by the minnesota vikings and now we find jonathan taylor who's going to be entering a contract season in 2023 as as he deals with the colts and and they try to come to an agreement to keep him in indianapolis long term so 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 drake first off is it's what i want to ask you here is is kind of what what was the big thing that's what was one of the big things that stood out to you as far as what Jonathan Taylor had to say yesterday, just about this whole, what he's either he's looking for in a contract or, or, or what, what he wants to get out of this deal with the Colts. Well, I mean, one of the things that was pretty interesting was how he addressed his position as a whole in the league. Um, you know, he said, you know, want to be treated fairly, you know, and and it was regarding the running backs value. As you said, it's happening kind of league wide. I mean, one of the two, two of the biggest names outside of uh, Taylor right now, one of which is looking for a contract and it, it, you might be looking at a holdout potentially in Saquon Barkley. And the other one, it kind of was unprecedented when it happened and very surprising. But the, the Vikings just cut Dalvin Cook and said, look, this, mm-hmm. this guy's a little too injury prone and the money's not worth it. So they cut ties with it. Him, the the running back position is starting to become nowhere near as valued you can tell uh, in the nfl and it's more of a committee thing where it's like hey we don't need to pay you now and we can just find somebody else we could get two or three guys that we could work into a group that effectively works as one superstar potentially so that's kind of the thinking and i can understand where taylor says look i'm it's a little different for him you know i mean he's kind of shouldered the entire load for the offense over the last two seasons respectively uh, but something else he said is, you know, they've approached everything in these discussions with the Colts, him and his new agency. And uh, hope he said, hopefully, you know, they can see the value. So kind of like you said, he's kind of subliminally saying, look, I'm not just an average running back. All right. I'm up there with the Derrick Henry's of the world where I'm I'm shouldering an entire offensive load from the backfield. And he's he's got a claim to a to a contract extension because of what he can do with Anthony Richardson, which, as I've said, is one of the biggest reasons that it's so intriguing that Anthony Richardson is a Colt is to see him with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. So um, I thought that he he said a lot of cool things, but the coolest one is I want to retire a Colt. He said he wants to retire a Colt and hopefully the organization sees it the same way because I do like that's a quote. So I just love that because that's him saying, look, I really want to do what we have to do to get a deal done. He's he's trying to get his deal, obviously, that he wants. But you can tell there's probably some willingness to bargain a little bit in his voice. I mean, he really wants to play for the organization. He, he does. And I, I think the biggest thing that, that I came away from from his comments yesterday is that he he wants to feel like he's valued. He doesn't want to feel like he is just another player. And and for the Indianapolis Colts, I don't think you can characterize Jonathan Taylor as just another player. I mean, for the better half of, or for the better uh, amount of time, the last two years or so, the Colts offense has really been centered around Jonathan Taylor and, and what he can do now. I mean, yes, he did have a down year last year, but it seems like, when he had he played 11 games had a bum ankle all year and everybody forgets what he did in 2021 where he was the best running back in the league by far now now i think jonathan taylor still has that in him he's definitely in his prime uh, i don't he, obviously running backs the the shelf life of a running back is typically a lot a lot less than than many other positions but at the same time when you have a player like jonathan taylor in his prime as one of the best players at his position. I mean, we, we've already seen 
what the Colts have done with players like this. It doesn't matter that whether you consider running back as a premium position or not. I don't think that really matters because we we've seen with the, with Quentin Nelson, with Shaquille Leonard, with Braden Smith, these guys are are players that are at the top the top level of talent at their position and the Colts don't want to let those guys out the door so they're going to pay them top dollar for their position so and and Jonathan Taylor's the same way Chris Ballard loves Jonathan Taylor this organization loves Jonathan Taylor not only for what he can do on the field but his impact in the community as well and 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 Taylor mentioned that numerous times yesterday about his impact in the community and, and wanting to really uh, help the community of Indianapolis in any way that he can. And at the organization, the Colts organization, he thinks really appreciates that. And, and I certainly think they do, but it's, it, it's still a contract negotiation. And, and a lot of people are, are wondering, do you pay a running back a, a huge chunk of change, a huge percentage of your cap? Because, Lately, I think it's when you it's it's very interesting to look at the the list of Super Bowl champions, and I think over since the since the New Orleans Saints won uh, beat the Colts back in Super Bowl forty four, or it, it's something crazy like that that the top pay, the highest paid running back on each one of those teams i think the highest paid one was like it made over a million dollars that season so you just don't see teams that pay running backs go make it or win super bowls it's it's just how it's been over the last 10 to 15 years yeah and um you take a look at you know i mean the broncos they had guys like monty ball and they had guys like uh i I think no sean moreno yeah, no, Sean Moreno, you know, that was heading into their Super Bowl loss. They had um, uh, Anderson, I think, uh, was was one of the running backs. Mm-hmm. You know, he was quickly faded. And then you have a team like the Rams who had a superstar in Todd Gurley. But what did they have to do? They had to go back to C.J. Anderson, who was a guy that I just mentioned as a backup in the Super Bowl because he couldn't play. He was injured. So it's it's interesting because then you've got the Patriots who won with a guy like Garrett Blunt who on any given time could start for you, but he was also kind of a, a you know, a depth piece too. So it's interesting to think about that because even I, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, I believe was a seventh round pick and he dominated the running back snaps and in a dynamic offense, like Andy Reid's chiefs, he played more like a first round pick, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it right there is one of the biggest, that's a, that's a big thing. Cause if you're an offensive mind, Perhaps you can turn a guy who isn't your A plus plus type running back that might be drafted as a C minus type guy, and you could elevate that play just because of scheme planning and offensive talent around him. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to see the champions really haven't had a super duper dynamic running back to lean on that have won the Super Bowl. Right, and and but I and and here's the thing: I do bring up that point, but I'm also I'm on I'm gonna try to play devil's advocate on myself here a little bit that's right i i I think the colts are in a very precarious situation and their situation isn't like those those other teams that are those teams that had made the super bowl and the reason for that is because i think having jonathan taylor on your team number one i mean obviously it boosts your running game that that's pretty obvious but having jonathan taylor on this colts team is really going to be crucial and essential for the development of number five of Anthony Richardson. And, and what is this entire season really about when the, the next two to three years really about it's not necessarily winning a super bowl or, or going and making a, a huge playoff run. If you get those great, that's extra. But right now it's all about the development of Anthony Richardson and making sure that he is on track to be this team's franchise quarterback for years to come. The best way to do that is to surround him with a supporting cast. Not only great coaches like Shane Steichen getting Jim Bob Cooter and Cam Turner in here, but teammates, playmakers, guys that he can rely on on the field so he doesn't have to be Superman every single play. And what is what is the best friend to a rookie quarterback? a strong running game and Jonathan Taylor on the field is an absolute game changer. And you, when you put that together with, with what Anthony Richardson can bring and, and 
we've talked about it already just just the the ability to 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 freeze a defense with a read option because you think well anthony richardson might still have the ball we ought to account for him that's a half second that those linebackers are flat-footed and it's another half second that Jonathan Taylor with his four, three speed can take advantage of. And it might just be the difference between a five yard gain and a 25 yard gain. And, and just having that option there, pairing those two together, I think is going to be huge for the success of this team. And, and really something that the Colts can lean on this season into next over the next few years, while Jonathan Taylor is still in his prime, and the Colts really should take advantage of that. But but I think I think what everyone wants to know, Drake, is what's what's the likelihood? And I want to ask you this too. What's the like or what do you think the likelihood is that a deal between the Colts and Jonathan Taylor gets done before the 2023 season? I think it's uh, I think it's pretty likely, actually, because like the Colts are gonna look at this New York Giants situation and they're gonna say do we really want this fiasco happening? Because again, Saquon's not focusing on football. And because Saquon's not focusing on football, the Giants also can't focus on football. The front office can't. Teammates can't. They, they're worried, is this a Le'Veon Bell situation in 2018 again, where the guy sits out the entire year? Because based off of his attitude, which is not a, a selfish jerk attitude, it's more of a, I, I want my value. I've carried this entire team's offense. Last season, he caught more passes than anyone else out of the backfield. So that's Daniel Jones's best friend. I can definitely understand his claim. So I think the Colts are going to look at that and say, man, we want Taylor focused on football. This isn't year four of Anthony Richardson. This is year one. It's also year one of Shane Steichen. It's also year one of Cam Turner and Jim Bob Cooter. I mean, this is a team that needs Jonathan Taylor. I'd say it is an incredibly high chance of it getting done. And I also think that it's going to limit distractions so that the rest of the team who's so young can focus on football and not worried if their their you know top dog is gonna you know get a contract or if he's gonna sit out an entire year. Right. I, I think you're definitely on the right track there. I I would assume that this does get done before the 2023 season. Uh while while Jonathan Taylor in 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 his comments did seem like he he was very calculated in what he said. I, I mean, he obviously wants to get a deal done. You, you talked about it, that. He said that from the first season, he wants to retire a Colt. He wants to be in Indianapolis. The Colts, for it, for all the people that say that you shouldn't pay a running back, I mean, it doesn't matter. The Colts, I, I have this on good authority, the Colts want to keep Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. They don't want to let 28 to, to go test free agency or, or risk losing him to another team. So I, I would say that it is a high, it is a high probability that this gets done before the 2023 season. No, I'm not saying it's going to get done before training camp very well could, but it, this could linger into training camp. But I, I know both sides want to get this done before the season starts, like you said, to limit distractions. And we've seen this with, like I mentioned, Quentin Nelson, Shaq Leonard, and, and Braden Smith. All three of those guys got their deals done in the summer or into training camp before the first game of the season uh, of, the, of that respective year that they were up for the contract extension. So I, I think Jonathan Taylor, it's going to end up being the same way. And then the final question would be, what is that contract going to look like? So, so Drake, real quick before we move on, uh, what do you think this, as far as numbers-wise, what do you think it, the, the contract could look like for Jonathan Taylor? Well, I mean, you got the long the long term, I think, would be a five-year, and I think Dalvin Cook is actually on still on a five-year, $63 million contract or something like that. I think um, that's what his, his contract was with the Vikings before they cut, before they released him. That's very fair. Um, I think that it's more, if it gets done, it's more like a four year and four year contract. And I think McCaffrey has the highest paid average. It's like 16 million. I, I'm going to go because he might have a claim for the highest paid at the position. But I just think that I don't think that that's going to happen. I think it's more like about a 15 million, 16 million dollar a year deal. I think maybe he'll either like come close to it. Or he'll be he'll tie McCaffrey for that spot. Yeah, McCaffrey right now leads the NFL as far as for the running back position for average 
per year salary at around 16 million per year as patrick wire thanks for the super chat uh, uh buddy says he's here the show can start shows ben started buddy but hey thanks for joining us see logan schmidt is here as well fashionably late but as stats matt says better late than than never um i i don't i honestly don't know if he's gonna reset the market for running backs that i mean he certainly could that would surprise me i think if that's the case then the colts will be overpaying for him so i don't know if he's gonna get to to 16 to 16 million as as my beautiful wife danielle gives another super sticker uh thank you thank you for your support hope you're enjoying uh the lake up there uh tell your grandparents i said hello as well uh but if i had to say i think stats matt kind of hits where 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 i'm thinking it'll be four years 54 million the first three years guaranteed at 27 to 30 uh million dollars um i i think that's 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 a really good area that'd be around 13 and a half million per year uh something to that effect closing in on 14 and that would make that would make that would make jonathan taylor around the third highest uh paid running back in the nfl on a per year basis behind McCaffrey and then uh, Alvin Kamara of the new Orleans saints. I think Saquon Barkley's contract is around 14 or 15 million a year of, at least that's what the offer from the New York giants is. So maybe Jonathan Taylor says, I want to have at least that. And then maybe that bumps it up to maybe 14 and a half, something like that. But either way, I think that the deal gets done. And, and we have to remember, the Colts have a quarterback on a rookie deal. That gives them so much more flexibility over these next four or five seasons to be able to overpay a little bit for their stars because they're not paying $45 million a year to a quarterback okay so so that certainly helps this new tv deal that's that's coming in for the nfl is going to cause the salary cap to spike over the next few seasons that will certainly help the indianapolis colts and the way they can structure that contract and really front load that deal so that way when they have the cap space now that's when you're giving Jonathan Taylor all of that money uh, and, and have it get lesser as the years go on. We have another super chat here from the GOAT himself, Logan Schmidt, uh, said, I'm guessing he gets 13 to $15 million per year. Yeah, right along those lines, Logan. Drake and I are right on board with you. Appreciate your support, brother. Uh, you're, you're definitely a real one as well always so so yeah that's that's definitely going to be a story to watch uh all summer long is is will the colts and jonathan or what and i shouldn't say will it's more of when jonathan taylor and the indianapolis colts will get a deal done uh but i i think we can firmly say it'll be it'll likely be before the 2023 season kicks off yeah, and you want to be able to you just want to be able to have the mind focused on football. And again, it's the number one player on the offense. It's still who the offense is going to run through. So I definitely think it's going to get done and just get everybody focused on one thing, and that's winning. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, and I, I really think that the Colts the Colts want to just focus on winning and, and how to do that. Alan Iverson may uh, disagree with me, but we're talking about practice as the Colts wrapped up <laughs> mini camp this week. Uh, only two days of mini camp uh, out of the schedule, three days. And that's because yesterday uh, Shane Steichen gave a little competition, uh, told the offensive, told, told the offensive defensive linemen they had six tries to catch two of the six punts. And if the linemen caught uh, two of those, camp would be done they wouldn't have to practice today only took the colts two tries they caught the punts on the first two tries and so that uh, allowed them uh, an extra day of their summer and to break camp early but but drake there was a lot that was coming out of west 56th street uh 
throughout these these couple days and and really throughout OTAs that we can really talk about. And and I wanted to start with this because I I, it doesn't fail that even though it's a it's a practice the beginning of june <laughs> new system new quarterbacks uh plenty of players that are actually going to be contributing and out there on sunday were being held out for minor injuries or for or for whatever the reason uh but the offense did tend to struggle uh, a little bit and and before we do that logan Schmidt, uh he's gonna plug he said also his his uh, spaces is this friday uh and andrew needs to join logan guess what buddy i was actually gonna reach out to you and drake i'll be there tomorrow night so i know it'll, it'll be a fun time uh we'll be able to join that, that show uh so th- again thanks for the super chat and we'll have some fun talking some colts football uh tomorrow night but but the offense did tend to struggle drake in in minicamp this week and um it's uh, is it a cause for concern or or is it just par for the course of this time of year uh, it's not concerning at all, actually. <laughs> there it's, we go. It's 100% expected. And in fact, this channel, uh, you know, and, and locked on, I mean, alike, they've, they've preached this. I think Saddle Up did too. I mean, like, we've all preached that, look, this is a young, young team with a brand new system. And you're going up against a defense that still has some serious studs. Even without Shaquille Leonard out there, that is a seriously talented defense still. And they're going into their second year in a scheme that they understand far more than the offense, who's very young, understands Shane Steichen's uh, offensive play calling. So that's expected. Um, So it's kind of like you should just be patient with this development because you're also uh, dealing – I think it was – I believe it was Braden – was it Braden Smith that had – that was actually out with a couple uh, for a couple of those practices. And even Blake Freeland, uh, you know, ended up getting some playing time. So it's like, it's just such a young team. Mistakes are going to happen. You have a young and raw quarterback. Those things are just going to happen. You know, it's just going to happen in this situation in Indianapolis. Right. And even, even without, even when you don't have a rookie quarterback or, or a new quarterback in the case of Gardner Minshew, typically the, the defense is, is, ahead of the offense at this at this point in time anyway so it's it's not uh, it's not crazy to think that the defense could be dominating at at this point regardless if if there was a rookie in there or not these things just happen so so no no cause for concern and this is this is kind of what i mean is is we really need to have patience with anthony richardson with this colts offense and, and make sure we're giving it the appropriate time yes anthony richardson was the number one was the number four overall pick he's probably not going to light the world on fire right out of the gate. He's going to need a year, maybe even two to, to really get there. And and that doesn't mean he's not going to start before that second year, but you just got to give him time. You got to let him develop. You got to let him take his lumps. You got to let him learn. And it certainly doesn't help that Michael Pittman, Jr., Josh Downs, Jelani Woods, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, many of the people that are uh, are the the weapons that that this Colts offense is going to deploy on Sundays during the regular season were not out there. So so let's dive into to Anthony Richardson Drake. Um we kind of saw the numbers and and heard some things out of camp. So so just kind of give me a summary of of how Richardson fared uh, in his first mandatory mini camp with the Colts. Uh, and I'm going to throw some stats out there that I that I'm pretty confident in, but cr- but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but he fared poorly, but it's <laughs> expected. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I think he was around five for thirteen uh, with his throws. But something else needs to be put into perspective is that Gardner Minshew also struggled. Uh, he was not you know on par with the offense either. Uh, but the thing is, Richardson is still showing positive signs of development, and that's really what this is all about. You cannot expect on you know in the middle of June with a guy that's taken that had 13 NCAA games in his career to you know light the world on fire in his first practice against a defense that knows him better than he's going to know them. Right. And and the thing is, too, I mean, yeah, it, it, I think he went like five or 13 when you combine seven on seven and 11 on 11 periods. But that's also not taking into account that there were, I, I think, 
just talking with, with Jake Arthur, who who was there at practice those yep. days. There were multiple drops by the Colts wide receivers, too, not only for Richardson, but for Gardner Minshew as as well. I mean, the, the, the it has to be on the, the onus on the, the wide receivers, the pass catchers, to catch the ball as well. Uh, he had some good throws, though. There was one where he layered it over the middle, uh, one that was, should have been completed to Mo Alley Cox, uh, and Mo Ali Cox ended up dropping it. Uh, he had a 60, what would have been a 60 yard touchdown uh, to backup wide receiver Vincent Smith. Um, so you, you, ha- you can't really look at these numbers and, and say, oh, he did poorly. He did well. He did well. It's 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 all about the context. You really have to be there to kind of see it. And and then once again, this is practice. This isn't a real game. They're 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 not scheming for anything. They're just kind of getting themselves back into into football. This is a heavy install period where they're just laying the foundation for this offense and trying to get everybody up to speed. So again, you you just you just want to see him make progress. You don't you want to see him in there and and you don't want it to to seem too big for anthony richardson and and shane steichen is happy with where he's at all of his veteran teammates have have constantly and i and i seriously mean constantly because it seems like every time uh, uh, the veterans are asked about Anthony Richardson. This is brought up is, is his work ethic. And the kid is just trying to absorb as much information as he possibly can and, and trying to get better as, as quickly as possible. And, and that's really all you can ask out of your rookie quarterback at, at this, at this, at this stage of, of the off season. And, and, and I think Anthony Richardson is doing everything he needs to do to be successful in the NFL. Yeah, and with how limited of experience he has mixed with the fact that you can just feel the energy in the air with that Gardner Minshew one year, $3.5 million contract, I believe it was, that they Mm -hmm. want this man to start. Okay, so there's a lot of forces here and a lot of factors that are getting put into this. The biggest force that matters the most, though, it's not about the coaching staff the most because they have done this for years. I mean, yes, Steichen's walking into his first head coaching gig, but he's been an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach before this. He's been doing this a while and he's got the experience. Anthony Richardson, if he wasn't doing what he's doing right now, and that is just basically, as I think we've heard, he's pretty much living at the facility, which is awesome. That's what you need with a guy like him that lacks the experience. He needs to soak up as much as possible. So that should make every Colts fan, player, and front office member very excited that such a young dude is up there cracking jokes about he's just there so he doesn't get fined, mixed with the fact that he's also putting in the hard work to become an NFL starter week one in his first season. As true, it says here in all caps, work ethic. And, and Anthony one. Richardson certainly has that. And something that 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 Jake revealed to us uh, in his piece, kind of laying out all of his notes from the past, from the two days of minicamp, I thought this was very interesting, is, is the Colts had Alec Pierce go into the game and, and, on, and on the every single play that Anthony Richardson was was taking a snap Alec Pierce was in there as well didn't matter if if Anthony Richardson was working with the the first team offense or the second team offense Alec Pierce was in there kind of mirroring him whenever he would go under center and I, and I think that that that's important that's important because the Colts really want Richardson and Pierce to to grow up together, they to really get chemistry with with one another and 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 start building that connection. So I think if Michael Pittman was out there, Josh Downs was out there, you would see a little bit of the same of those same qualities as well. But I, I think that that really that really shows the the bigger picture, Drake, that that they they expect Anthony Richardson to play early. So getting these reps with guys that he's going to be throwing to on Sundays, like an Alec Pierce, and, and really trying to get that timing down this early in, in the process, I think that's huge. And I think it really speaks to the not only the confidence that the Colts have in Richardson, but like I said, they really plan for him to be out there pretty early in the season at this point. 
Yeah, and it's also really cool to see Alec Pierce making a, a mental connection, play connection with with Richardson because that's going to be arguably his best deep target. All right, and that's Richardson's greatest strength right now is that deep ball. So I think that that's just amazing, and that's exactly what you want to see, again, with such a young quarterback. And they're also putting a lot of faith into Alec Pierce going into his sophomore NFL season. Right. They they need Alec Pierce to step up. He needs to be that that number two wide receiver. I mean, we saw glimpses of what he could do last year in a shaky quarterback situation. Now it's time. It's time for Pierce to take that second year leap, kind of like what Michael Pittman Jr. did, and, and really come on and, and show that he can be an answer at wide receiver for this team. Otherwise, who knows? The, maybe the Colts draft a wide receiver early to, to in fact, be the person that can do that and, and help out Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, on the opposite side. But we already talked about how the offense struggled, so that obviously means that the defense did a pretty good job. And and where where we really saw this was because they're they weren't they're not in full pads, so you can't really judge the pass rushers or the offensive line, uh, but you still can judge the the defensive backs. And and because of these seven on seven, eleven on eleven, you're still guarding your man. And and this is where the rookie cornerbacks really shine throughout OTAs and, and throughout training camp, or I'm sorry, throughout mandatory mini camp. Um, specifically, I mean, we talked about how Darius Rush had a, a pick six of Sam Allinger. Rush wasn't out there this week for mini camp because of a hamstring issue, uh, but we saw Jalen Jones, the rookie out of Texas A&M, get another interception. Again, of Sam Ellinger. They just keep picking uh, on, on poor Sammy boy there, but it is encouraging, especially because of how how dire of a situation the Colts are in at the cornerback position right now with, with everything going on with Isaiah Rogers Sr. It's, it's good to see these young, athletic cornerbacks making plays on the ball, even if it is against Sam Ellinger. It still has to boost their confidence up. Yeah, and again, with, with the uh, Isaiah Rogers situation going on, and even before they were already thin at the position, you know, this is something that you've heard the thing of, are they going to bring in a veteran or are they going to just let these young guns roll? And right now, Darius Rush is making a serious case that he could potentially start. And Jalen Jones, without question, is going to get a, a bump up in, in, in playing time, I'm sure. Now, this was a guy that was supposed to be, uh, you know, again, a fourth or fifth round pick, and he fell to the seventh round. So I think that the Colts are high on all three of these guys. Obviously, when Juju Brents is ready to go, he's kind of going to be the guy that's expected to start anyway. But it's really cool to see um, the, you know, such a young defensive back group make some really big plays against a veteran quarterback that you know is going into, I think, his third season. Yeah, I think so. No? Fourth? Sam Ellinger, fourth? I, can't, I forget when Sam Ellinger – this will be his fourth season because okay. he was drafted the same year that I think – Maybe, man, I, I I'm so say I feel like Sam Ellinger's been on the Colts for for forever that <laughs> that you don't even don't even know stats, Matt. This is your this is your portion of the show while while we have brain farts, but but back on the cornerback situation, another guy I wanted to give a shout out to is Dallas Flowers. Uh, yes. Dallas Flowers do not sleep on Dallas Flowers. This kid is not just a kick returner, and the Colts do not see him as just a kick returner. They are fully expecting. Dallas Flowers to compete for one of those outside starting jobs at the cornerback position. And he's been showing out in, in minicamp, making plays on the ball. Uh, I think he had an interception this week as well. I think he he picked off Gardner Minshew. Or, um, so as, as Wyatt Law says, uh, year three for, for Sam. Thank you. Uh, but it's 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 very interesting. Yes, it would be year three for Sam because year four would have been Jacob Eason. Um, anyways, I'm getting off track here. Uh, but Dallas Dallas Flowers, man, I, I see a lot yeah. of people on on Twitter just saying like, oh, it's it's automatically saying it's going to be Juju Brents and Darius Rush as the starters on the outside, and and that may be. It may end up being that maybe either later in the season or maybe even to start season if if rush and, and brents can have really good summers but dallas flowers isn't going away quietly 
But the Chris Ballard already mentioned that they think Dallas Flowers can take the next step and really compete. Dallas Flowers has been taking snaps with the first team defense since Isaiah Rogers Sr. hasn't been there with the team. And, and he's making plays. And, and that's really all you can ask for. But for people that are just assuming that the Dallas Flowers is going to be a backup cornerback in this team, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be so sure about that just yet. Yeah, and you got to think, um, I know that right now the name Isaiah Rogers is a little tender to some, but when it comes to the way that his trajectory went, he started on special teams, mm-hmm. okay, and then all of a sudden he finds himself in like a DB4 role, and then all of a sudden he's actually making some starting, as like he's having some starting snaps like last season. Well, Dallas Flowers was absolutely outstanding as far as uh, returning. And he's a great special teamers with incredible athletic ability and speed. And if he can just get his hips to be able to turn quick enough, I mean, this is a guy who could actually compete for that starting position. He could be a DB three behind a guy like Kenny Moore, the second and like Juju Brents. Yeah. Don't write that guy off because I think that right now it's, it's going to be a pretty fierce battle, especially now with Rogers potentially going to, you know, be gone from the team. You might be looking at a pretty fierce battle between rush and uh, Dallas Flowers for that third cornerback spot. It's going to be pretty entertaining, I think, actually. I honestly think outside of Anthony Richardson, that is going to be the biggest storyline and the biggest or the best battle to watch of all of training camp is is that cornerback spot just because the Colts there are so many question marks surrounding that position and there's so many young guys so many unproven talents that that this is their opportunity to go out there and and really lock down that spot it is why outside of the nickel cornerback job that's Kenny Moore's and then when in there in their base Moore will obviously handle one of those cornerback spots but the rest of those cornerback spots in those positions absolutely wide open. So it's going to be very fun to watch who performs, who gets those spots going into the season. Do the Colts bring in uh, a veteran? Because that is still a possibility. Oh yeah, cornerback is going to be a soap opera uh, all through <laughs> through the end of July, through August, and and into September for the Indianapolis Colts. So so let's quick uh, run through uh, the injuries or or guys who missed mini camp just to kind of give you all a status update on those obviously jonathan taylor did not participate due to ankle surgery uh, but he did say that he uh, he fully expects to be uh, be back by the time training camp starts in july so so nothing to worry about there uh, there was question marks around zach moss why wasn't zach moss at minicamp well, his, him and his wife just had a baby. So congrats to Zach Moss. Hey. Uh, uh, so he had a very, very good excuse as to why he was missing uh, minicamp. So he'll be back by training camp. Michael Pittman Jr. still out with a hip. Uh, he should, I don't know if he, I have, I've heard it's not nothing too serious. He should be back by training camp as long as nothing sets him back, but but it doesn't seem like the Colts are too worried about it. Alec Pierce was out with a foot but then returned. Josh Downs still dealing with a knee. Again, kind of the same thing with Pittman. Nothing to worry about, just a little ding in the knee. They're not going to push it right now since it's June. Josh Downs should be back by camp as well. Jelani Woods dealing with the hamstring, same thing. Drew Ogletree, tight end, uh, working his way back from an ACL. So he should he, his target is training camp as well. That's where a lot of these guys are targeting. It's just, just to wait and, and play it safe until training camp. Shaquille Leonard, obviously out, still out with his back injury. We hope to see him by the time training camp begins. His situation obviously is a little bit more foggy because there's no t- real timetable on it and, it, and it's just about getting that strength back uh, that, that Shaq Leonard feels like he needs. Juju Brown with the wrist surgery, but he is still on track uh, for training camp as well. Darius Rush with the hamstring, same thing. And then uh, punter Rigoberto Sanchez, still recovering from the Achilles. He feels good, though, and and the Colts have no uh, worries about him. He should be able to come back and, and start punting and kicking balls uh, once we get to training camp as well. So, so for the most part, it does seem like it's a long list, Drake. I'm not going to lie there, but for the most part, it seems like all of these little little injuries aren't too serious. There are some, obviously, like Jonathan Taylor's ankle surgery, obviously Shaquille Leonard with his back injury, but. For the most part, these are all just little nicks here and there, and the Colts were being overly cautious because, once again, it is only June. 
games don't matter until September. Yeah, and a lot of these are maintenance injuries, man. I mean, they're like maintenance dings and dents in the car kind of thing. Like you just you'll you just need some time to buff it out. You know what I mean? So, um, but outside, really, the there's a couple there that are from last season, like Drew Ogletree's ACL and Darius Leonard's back and Jonathan Taylor's ankle. So, you know, they're making sure. That, I mean, those are some. I mean, Ogletree's a guy that they want to see what he can do. So then the other two are stars. You just want to make sure these guys are ready with such a young team and a brand new coach. You don't want to like push the gun on health, especially. Right. And, and while most of these are, are just little dings here and there, there was one injury that unfortunately is going to keep, a guy out for the season, which gets us into the latest Colts news and rumors. So the Indianapolis Colts did place rookie safety uh, Daniel Scott, the fifth round pick out of Cal, placed him on injured reserve yesterday uh, due to a torn ACL. Uh, it came out that Scott tore his ACL on the final day of OTAs before uh, mini camp began. Really tough break because obviously his rookie season is over. Before it really even gets a chance to start, and and you might think, oh, fifth round safety, who really cares? The Colts kind of were excited about what he could contribute this year. Definitely was going to be a core special teamer. Uh, that's what he he really excelled at Cal, and and the Colts weren't opposed to him playing, getting some snaps on defense as well. Well, and again, there have been multiple Colts players that have made their starts on special teams and they've become more prominent down the road. And this is an incredibly athletic safety that Brian Mason does not get to use now. And that's the biggest blow is to the special teams unit. And it's also because he has so much experience. He played 661 snaps of special teams in college. That's incredible. That's a lot of that's a lot of experience in one department of football so um it's it sucks it's kind of like andrew ogletree's injury honestly only sooner uh so you just right away you got just make sure that his recovery is going well make sure that his rehabilitation is going well because unlike a three or four or five year pro this guy hasn't even been able to do anything yet so make sure he's good there mentally too he'll he'll bounce back hopefully stronger than ever once everything's set and done Right. Yeah, it's it's just a bad break for the kids. So hope yeah. we, we wish him well and uh, and wish him a speedy recovery as well. So in order to to replace Daniel Scott, the Colts signed safety Michael Tutsi, um, who was actually a tryout, a uh, local tryout during OTAs and during the mini camp period. Uh, he impressed enough, and then with Scott unfortunately having his injury, it opened the door for Tutsi to to get signed to the roster and see if he can make. The, the final 53 uh, once we get through training camp and and the preseason yeah and he's also a he's a former obviously a he's a local that went to warren central and he's a former teammate of juju brent so I, I think that that's pretty cool so you've got so he's got somebody you know on the inside if you will that knows that knows him personally so um tough break for the colts but this is an this is a league that moves so damn fast so it's already next man up who are you what are you going to do about this the Colts acted very swiftly and grabbed a guy that they believe might be able to be a nice depth piece down the road. Right. Was Warren, like you said, Warren Central grad, grew up in Indianapolis, uh, went to college at North Dakota State and was was a star there. So it'll be interesting to see uh how he how he uh how he handles this and how he really attacks this chance uh, in the in the NFL as Wyatt Losses was a two-time All-American at North Ooh. Dakota State. Uh, and I see Patrick, Patrick Rye and Wyatt Law uh, are on top of our next our next point here that I didn't put in our our notes here, Drake, but wanted to give a shout out to, to Hot Rod, Rodrigo Blankenship and Chase McLaughlin. So the two Colts kickers for the 2022, yeah, 2022 season are now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and will be having a competition between the two to see who will be the kicker for the Buccaneers in 2023. All I have to say, Drake, is I'm really glad that the Colts don't have to worry about the kicking situation anymore uh, with Matt Gay and, and wondering who their kicker is going to be and, and each time that he goes onto the field, if he's going to make that kick. Yes, and again... That's why I say Matt Gay is totally warranted for his contract that he has because he is one of the best in the game. And like you said, you're not going to walk out there and go, oh, my God, it's from 42 yards <laughs> out. Are we going to make this head on with no wind? Like, oh, gosh, the game's on the line. Are they going to is he going to tie the game for us against the Houston Texans in week one? 
you don't have to worry about that. So it's it's going to be interesting actually to see. My money's on Chase McLaughlin just because of how uh, how he actually not only replaced Rodrigo Blankenship, but he actually did pretty dang good for a Colts team when he had to go out there and score most of the points. Yeah, I would say McLaughlin probably has the edge in that battle. But, uh, yeah, I think Colts fans are going to enjoy not having to worry uh, so exactly. much on, on fourth down uh, this season. But that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight to talk about Jonathan Taylor, recap minicamp with us, and and all of the other things. Wanted to give a special shout-out to those who, who gave us a super chat tonight, uh, Patrick, my beautiful wife, Danielle, Logan, you guys, obviously, we thank you so much for all of your support uh, and, and you're what help us be able to bring this show uh, to all the Colts fans that we do. So please, if you haven't done so already, again, go ahead and like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on Twitter and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you never miss an episode or a time when Drake and I are going live. And if you do have to miss us, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever you get your podcast, leave us a five-star review and, 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 Tell your friends, tell your friends about the Horseshoe Huddle podcast because we always want to have more Colts fans involved in this show. Drake, as always, the hardest working man in the Colts media, has been riding away, uh, just pushing out fantastic content for HorseshoeHuddle.com. Drake, what can the people go check out? So I just uh, released on an article on what Anthony Richardson already means to the Colts fan base, how Bernard Ryman made an all breakout team list. And one that will be getting released is the, the five questions, the most important, five most important questions the Colts are uh, going to have to answer heading into training camp. Definitely be sure to go check those out. I've got a couple pieces up on the site as well. Uh, one was about Anthony Richardson and, and how he is adjusting to life in the NFL. And one of my favorite quotes was when he was asked about what, what life, how has life been in the NFL? Richardson said, it's everything I've dreamed of. So definitely go check that out on the Colts rookie quarterback. And then I dove in uh, into great detail on Jonathan Taylor and what he said to the media yesterday, what he's looking for in his next contract, what the Colts are thinking, and and, and really where, where this is all going. So be sure to check both of those pieces out. And guys, Rookie Files begins next week. If you're not, if you're not familiar with that, Every single offseason in the summer, Rookie Files is my series where I dive into each and every single one of the rookies, their backstory, how they grew up, any challenges, adversities. Just really like to tell the story about the person of each one of these draft picks. And then we cap it off with how I think they fit with the Indianapolis Colts moving forward. So we're going to start kicking those off next week to lead us right into training camp. Going to be a lot of fun with 12 draft picks in this class. All of them vastly different stories, so you'll want to be sure to check that out. Go follow Drake on Twitter at DWalsterDrake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Monday night to talk more Colts football with everybody. But until then, enjoy your weekend, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. We'll be seeing you.